Ladies and gentlemen, warning, spoilers ahead. Think of it like this. Everything in this void, the space where the candy bar once was, but is now in my stomach, is the past. Mm -hmm. And everything that's remaining is the future encased in chocolate. Mm -hmm. I have no interest in this emptiness. You know, the who, what, why of your past. You got here, that's all that matters. But if you really want to know someone deeper, it, it does matter. It does. You have to know the whole package. I disagree. This, the next bite. That's all that matters. Good evening and welcome to television. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hey. Whoa. Oh, I'm Philip Hunting. And I'm Wayne Stellini. Welcome to Fred Watch, where we view and review films, everything from the mainstream to the obscure. Hey, Philip. Yes. What have you been watching since our last podcast? I have been playing Major Catcher. Right. So I really, really, really want to watch the new series of The Bad Batch. Yes, yes. I've heard of this. However. Yep. Whilst a lot of people have told me, oh, you don't need to watch uh, the stuff beforehand mm. to get it and understand it, as you know, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Right. And I never got around to finishing the Star Wars Clone Wars. Okay. Like the, the, the series. Yeah. And of course, that's an epic feat unto itself. Yep. And so I've been trying to watch that again. Okay. And it is just so difficult to find the time at the moment. <laughs> I can appreciate that. Down. Because I also live in a house yep. with a person who is not a Star Wars fan. How on earth do you survive under one roof? I know, I know. <laughs> and so, yeah, I basically have to... It's not like I sneak it in. It's nothing like that. But I, I do... I have to do watch bits and pieces here and there. Yep. And look, Philip, as somebody... Who loves Star Wars as much as you do? Like I know how much you love Star Wars. <laughs> you need to be in the right environment. Yep, that's it's, it. Let's not have any interruptions. Yep, yep. yep. It's like me when I watch The Handmaid's Tale. Exactly. Don't look at me. Don't talk to me. Don't breathe in my direction. Like and, I get it. And on top of all that, there's just so much life that has to happen yeah. as well. Life? I what mean, is this life you speak of? Life? I mean, games aren't going to play themselves. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm currently trying to get through. Both the Star Wars Clone Wars mm -hmm. and then on to, is it Resistance or Rebels or is that two different things? My friend, I, I, yeah, no, no. I like Star Wars, but mate, you already gone over my head. Yeah, no, no. There's <laughs> I, another, there's yeah. another, and I think it's called Star Wars Rebels. Okay. Which is then the next mini one that you do just before Bad Batch. Okay. And oh my goodness. Now, look, you are playing catch up, but you're loving this though, aren't I'm you? I'm loving it. You're I'm like, loving it. it. Like how nice is it for you to know I've got all of the these different oh, shows yeah. ahead oh, of me. Yeah. yeah, most certainly. <laughs> Your Christmas is a bit at once. <laughs> how about you, Wayne? Well, Phil, like you, I've actually been playing catch up as well because you're right. There's not really enough hours in the day because, yes, this thing called life gets in the way of being a couch <laughs> potato, and I don't know how I feel about it. But know, you know, know, off we go. But no, the MCU have been doing their TV series mm. on Disney Plus, so I have watched uh, WandaVision, mm -hmm. which was good. 
not great. There's a bit of padding in there, but it's a good show mm-hmm. overall. It's a good story. And I'm now in the middle of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is the second series they've done. Ah. Yeah, so halfway through that, quite enjoying it. And to be honest, though, um, I'm watching them in the order they were released, even though they may not necessarily be connected, <laughs> but that's okay. But um, I'm looking forward to the next series that they've dropped. Loki. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Loki. So, nice. um, uh, yeah, once I finish The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I'll be heading to Mr. Mischief himself. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. But, Phil, I'm actually quite curious. What are we reviewing today? Today, we're reviewing The Lonely Islands 2020 Dark Rom-Com Palm Springs. Tell us about it, Janet. <laughs> It's November 9th yet again, and Niles, Andy Samberg, wakes up to the familiar sights and smells of the hotel he'd arrived at the day before. Bored of the excitement surrounding the wedding of Tala and Abraham, Camilla Mendez and Tyler Hecklin, Niles eats, drinks and chills in the pool before the reception, where he messes about with the guests. Eventually hooking up with Sarah, Christian Miliotti, in the desert before being attacked by his arch-nemesis Roy, J.K. Simmons, Niles accidentally lures Sarah into the time portal, only for it to be November 9th yet again, where Niles, Andy Samberg, wakes up to the familiar sights and smells of the hotel he'd arrived at the day before. Bored with the excitement surrounding the wedding of Tala and Abraham, Camilla Mendez and Tyler Hecklin... Niles eats, drinks and chills in the pool when all of a sudden everything changes, discovering that Sarah had followed him through time and space. Wayne, were you stuck in a loop for Palm Springs? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Philip, when this film sort of first came out and the premise was known, automatically we went, oh, Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Yeah. And that's a really well-established film with an established story and formula it's a classic it's beloved by yep. so many and i think it actually grows mm. like the affection for that film grows over time this does have that time loop repeating a day element of groundhog day but for me that's really where the similarities end mm. and i think that palm springs is all the better for it most certainly because it's a it's a really interesting premise mm. because one could argue it's like a purgatory almost. Mm. Not quite heaven because you're not going anywhere. <laughs> but it's not quite hell either. You know, mm. you, you're immortal, <laughs> right? Great. You know, and also your loved ones are with you that yeah. whole time if, if they are involved if in you, your day. If you're lucky enough. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you like them enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I find that what they've done with just that premise, that Groundhog Day-esque premise, is really they've made it their own. Because even Groundhog Day has, you know, romantic comedy elements Mm. to it as well. There are some dark shades here. And I think that that light and shade is really good Mm. too. There's quite a bit of depth here. Mm -hmm. And on the surface, it doesn't come across this way. But I think it's really a thinking person's movie. Most certainly, yeah. You know, at first you go, oh, yeah, it's a fun premise. It's set in Palm Springs, you know. They have a lot of loutish behavior. Mm. You could easily just... I guess, keep it as a superficial enjoyment. And you know what? You'll get enough out of it, even if Mm. you look at it at a superficial level. But the themes, Mm. just I think the 
moral complexities. Yes. Um, just, yeah. And, and they've really delved into the two main characters here. Oh, most certainly. Yeah. You got the time to do it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think that Sarah and Niles are really interesting characters. Mm. I think, again, you can, because of a lot of their behaviors, and of course, based on, you know, their their age and their sort of attitudes towards things mm. and where they are in their lives, what we know of, Sarah especially, because we see her before the time loop. So we understand mm. where she's coming from and the position that she's in. We get this idea of their personalities and you can sometimes, I guess, see how being in this time loop is an easy way out mm. for them to shrug off responsibilities. Yeah. But the film is not lazy. It does yeah. not go there. And yeah, it's it's Phil. It's an interesting film. It's no, a really interesting certainly. movie. Yeah, most certainly. Yeah. I really enjoyed this film. Mm. Kirsten and I watched it in early 2020 when it came out. Yeah, um, we weren't doing too much else at the time. <laughs> no, we were in our own little time loops, weren't <laughs> we? <ourselves, yeah>. <laughs> Confined um, in our spaces. And it's funny you say with Groundhog Day because yeah, so many people try to make these connections to it i've read mm. a few other reviews and stuff online and people try to make these connections yeah to, but you're right to me they're 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 different beasts entirely yeah. that that's like sitting there saying you know that um star wars and the mcu are both the exact same movies mm. or, or, more con- or more controversially philip star wars and star trek and are star the trek. same exactly yep. but you see even star wars and star trek have a a lot more in common than they have a lot I'd in, say yeah they have a lot in common but they're still two separate beasts oh yeah most certainly yeah. most certainly but yeah so to me for example Groundhog Day to me is more of a moralistic tale it, of mm. you know it, it's it's the day or the magic of the day yeah. uh, trapping the, the protagonist until he learns his lesson yeah and also that protagonist played by Bill Murray mm. is quite a cynical yeah, person but, without much reason to be. Yeah, but it's also that is one of the biggest differences there. He's grumpy and cynical. Yeah. Whereas our protagonists here are nihilistic. Yeah. You know, they still see the beauty and the fun to be had in the world. Yeah. They just sit there and go, well, yeah, but there is no point of it all. Yeah. As opposed to this cynicism. And grumpiness of, of Groundhog Day, which sort of it comes through as, oh, well, I deserve more and yeah. there is a point of life and I'm just not uh, uh, getting it and I'm not I'm not uh, being given my just desserts and rah, rah, rah. Mm. So it, Groundhog Day's got this massive moralistic tale yeah. tied to it. It's been um, referred to quite as a spiritual yes. movie. Groundhog Day is that spiritual movie mm. with a moral tale. Yeah. Whereas Palm Springs doesn't have a moral tale, but it discusses morals. Yes. And do you know what? I actually think that's more difficult to do. Yes. I think it is. And I think we definitely see it more through the Sarah character as well. Yeah, most Again, certainly. because we get to see her before the time loop. But even if we hadn't, even if you switch this movie on mm. and she's already in the time loop, they spend the time to invest in her character. Yes. Like, you know, when she whispers to her sister that during, on, during one of the time mm. loop days, I suppose, yeah. as she's at at the altar and the sister starts crying. We've got no idea why. Mm. And Sarah's doing it because she feels like, well, if I sort of 
cleanse my soul. Yeah. It makes things right. Again, it's like taking that yeah, moral yeah. high ground, right? For selfish reasons, yeah. let's be honest, because she wants to get out of this thing. Mm. But we don't understand what's being said or why. We find out later on. And I was surprised. I did not see mm. the reason for Sarah's moral dilemma. The, yeah. the, you know, the gravity of her own situation. Yes, she's not a victim. She was a willing participant in it, but she's feeling it. And what's lovely is, lovely for lack of a better word, is that Abraham feels it too. Yeah. Because she confronts him at one point. Yeah. Well, two points really. You know, and one point he just bursts out in tears when he's in the shower. Yeah. Because he feels bad. These are multidimensional people. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not just 2D characters. It would be easy to brush Abraham off as the bad guy, Mm. right? Because he's done messed up. But again, Sarah's a willing participant, right? I don't know. I just, again, there's this attention to characters that I think on a superficial level you wouldn't necessarily see and most definitely would not expect. And this is something that I'm really glad to be seeing from... I say recent, Mm. but I mean like that. It's it's been going a while now. But recent Lonely Island uh, productions and Andy Samberg Mm. works... See, a lot of, uh, I don't know, you probably haven't seen much, but a lot of the older uh, Lonely Island and Andy Samberg works were comparable to um, the early Adam Sandler, Happy Madison mm-hmm. sort of works in that sort of childishness, that yeah. sort of rude, crude. Um, there's one movie he does called Hot Rods. Okay. And it's about him wanting to be basically like an evil Knievel style uh, okay. character. Yeah. And he's on his BMX bike and he's in his <laughs> sort of mid twenties. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sort of thing. So the man child thing. The man child yeah. thing. And on top of that, he's got like a, a, a stepfather or a father or something mm. that they literally have the, the whole premise of the show, the mm. movie is that he and his father, let's say father, mm. he and his father have, a literal rivalry in the sense that they beat the crap out of each other. Right, why not? And the son's never won. Yeah. And then the father finds out he's dying of cancer. Oh, okay. And so, and they need like a a heart transplant or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so Andy Samberg's character tries to raise the funds through his uh, Evil Knievel-style stuntmanship to get him a new heart. Yeah. Simply so that he can beat the shit out of him (laughs) and win. So there is something sweet, but there's that ulterior (laughs) motive. And it's that childish stupidity. So, So the difference between Adam Sandler and Andy Samberg is that Andy Samberg's grown up. That's it. Right. I really do believe that. Adam Sandler these days is sort of just a... Uh, and again, I haven't seen a lot of his works and I'm being very harsh here, but I find him very grumpy old man because it's like people made him a bit of a joke. Yeah. And so he's sort of gone on to be like, well, if you think I'm a joke, I'm... Well, look, I, look for the record, I do like Adam Sandler. I think there is value there. Oh, yes. Yeah, but I have to say, you watch one movie, you've seen pretty much half of his filmography. Yeah, that's it. It's like, oh... You're doing that voice again. Oh, you're doing that type of character again. Whereas with um, Andy Samberg and Lonely Island specifically, again, you even look at their... So Lonely Island you might know Mm. as a a band, a comedy band. Yeah. You look at their early works and it's your your jizz in your pants sort of stuff. Well, I mean, because Andy comes from SNL, right? Yes, that's it. it. Yeah. 
Whereas their later albums have, again, it's still that crude humour, but it's a lot smarter about it. They've mm. got this whole song where they're sort of parodying that sort of, you know, in rap when they start spelling things out. Yeah. The entire song, it goes, I am the... And then he just starts spelling out this huge three-minute-long sentence. Wow. And if you... The only way to understand the joke... Yeah. ...is to either be following and spelling it out as you go... Or to have the lyrics in front of you. At which point you realise he's basically talking about how his he really wanted to be a rapper, but he's a sad old man and he doesn't. <laughs> and all this sort of sad story life stuff, but done in a rap sort of <laughs> upbeat way. Very clever Very writing, clever, that's right? It. Yeah. Um, he did a piece which, admittedly, he was sort of. Uh, condemned a little bit for mm-hmm. um, but again I think it was really smart where he's singing about <laughs> it's called Marry a Man okay. and he's singing about how all these people you go on spring break yeah, and talk about all the dumb things you do on spring break and then he, every segment is ended with and marry a man. Oh, okay. Now, people thought he was saying, uh, you, oh, you think marrying a man is, you know, if you're, if you're a guy, you're stupid, you're making a gay joke. Mm. But he actually turned around and said, no, actually, I was talking about how um, all, all these extreme things and then people think marrying a man is extreme as well. And right, yeah. So he was just trying to point out the fact that we're happy with our kids going off to spring break as a tradition as yeah. a, and getting high and getting pregnant and getting, yeah. but Oh, gay marriage. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's, uh, so it's very smart what he does. Yeah. And it's definitely grown with the times. And I think this to bring it all back around. Yeah. This is that, this is him bringing that really smart humor, that really mm. thinky, Humour to the mass audiences. Yeah, so his involvement beyond acting in this film is evident. Mm. uh, Because you know his career a lot better than I do. Yeah, but I have to say, as somebody who hasn't really uh, experienced or engaged with material from um, Andy Samberg before, um, I have to say he's a really likeable performer. Mm. I was... I, I adored him from the get-go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, automatically sort of playing, you know, one of those blokes who are just <laughs> annoying because, you know, at first you don't realise he's in a time loop, yeah, right? Yeah, Another clever point yeah. that we meet him while he's, you know, doing this for the millionth time, yeah. right? I just, yeah, I found him incredibly engaging from the get-go. Mm. And, you know, you can look at the rom-com Tropes, right? Because mm. he and Sarah are opposites. Yeah. And yep. the whole opposites attract and they'll hate each other yep. and then love each other and then there'll be a conflict. Like, that's that's pinpointed throughout the film. It doesn't yeah. do anything new with that formula. No. But why should it? Mm. The material is so rich surrounding it. That's it. And again, it doesn't reinvent the wheel in terms of rom-com tropes but it presents it in a very fresh way. Most certainly. Yeah. And I I think for a lot of... um, Even the time travel stuff itself, Mm. it's not reinventing the wheel there. This is all stuff that any Doctor Who fan could rattle off in a a few short sentences sort Mm. of thing. But 
combining it all together yeah. is the fresh take. Absolutely. It works as a rom-com. Mm. It works as time travel. It works as sci-fi. It works under whatever genre you want yeah. to throw it under. I think the freshest part outside of, you know, putting it all together in itself, mm. maybe is the dark side of the rom-com. Mm. I've not, and I'm sure there are plenty of others, but I personally have not come across a dark mm. rom-com before, other than maybe something like, I don't know, Four Weddings and a Funeral, is that Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, a rom-com. Yeah. Muriel's Wedding. I, th- I consider is, 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 is I consider quite dark, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. I stand corrected there. Yeah. But, um, no, but there's not a lot of them. Yeah. You're right in saying no, that. No, that's it, yeah. And even done in this manner, definitely. Because, mm. um, again, it, it is dark, but it's still that lighter rom-com. It, it yeah. feels... Maybe like Four Weddings and Funerals got that British mm. uh, and Mule's Wedding, that Aussie, those sort of undertones of, yeah. you know, okay, this is a rom-com, but it's not really a rom-com. Yeah. Whereas this is, okay, this is definitely a rom-com. Yeah. But the nihilistic and the dark mm. elements it takes, you know. Yeah. You know, the, the fact that he turns around and... Out of just having an argument, it's like, oh, I've slept with you thousands of times. It's like just just that sort of... Like, that's a low blow, right? That's a low blow, but it's also... That's not a sentence that normally needs to be uttered or... No, yeah. (laughs) You think you'd remember that? Yeah, absolutely. No, no, absolutely, yeah. No, no, you're right. And I think just overall, this film is just so well performed. We've talked Mm. about Andy Samberg quite a bit, but... Kristen Milioti. Yes. I wow. I want to see more. Oh, absolutely. She absolutely smashes the role of Sarah. Mm. She is so good in this. Mm. And you know one thing that I really like about the Sarah character mm. is that when we're heading into, you know, third act territory of this movie and this is something that you really do not see is the female is proactive. Yes. She's yes, not yes, relying yes. on anyone. If anything, she leaves him. Yeah. And it's not to go off with another man. It's not to have, you know, this sort of moral battle with herself. Should I do this? Should I do that? No. She leaves him hmm. to educate herself. Yeah. To get them out. That's it. Of it. And he's just there being this layabout, thinking about his feelings and things. It's... I. And that you can talk about refreshing. It was so good to see because normally when they do have movies like this, they do tend to make the woman a lot more sort of headstrong and sure of herself and smarter. And the guy is just like this sort of himbo or doesn't know any better. Yeah. You know, like it, they, you can have caricatures on both sides. But while she's off, how can I learn about yeah. how to get out of this? And essentially, bloody gets herself a PhD, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because she needed it to to get them out of it. He's not just sort of there, parting hard or being dismissive or whatever. He's being quite reflective mm. and thinking about how he really feels and what he wants and what he doesn't want. Yeah. She's already like sort of sorting herself out on a certain level that she's like, okay, I'm ready to go back. Mm. And while she's doing that, she's giving him the space. Consciously or not, but she's giving him the space to sort himself out so that by the time they go through that time Mm. loop thing in the cave and get ready to blow themselves up, 
they're both ready to take yeah. that leap. So when he joins her, it's not out of the blue. It's yeah. not one of those, oh, yeah, of course you're doing that. No, you believe that he's there for the right reasons. Yeah, that's it. And he's done the work. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what's nice as well is that we don't actually need to see her go through the same process. Yes. Because her process has been happening every morning yeah. as she wakes up with... The groom. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. While she wakes up with Abraham. You know, it, it, all we need is that one sort of scene, one or two scenes mm. where it's like she's gone, okay, I can't do this anymore. I can't wake up like this anymore. Mm. But then also the couple of times she confronts him and or even just the one time she actually confronts him. That's all we need to see because yep. we can then make the assumption that she's been confronted and gone through her oh, self-change, yeah. self-heaval for a while now. Yeah, and this is what's really clever about the screenplay for this, is that it gives you enough that it doesn't spoon-feed you. Yeah. But if you're doing the work yourself, it's okay because it doesn't feel like you're doing the work. Mm. It tells you enough of everything to draw these conclusions, not mull on them. You're moving on to the next thing. Mm. The movie is like, what, 90 minutes, a little bit over 90 minutes. It packs a lot in 90 minutes. Oh, yeah. And even when it maybe has its moments of a bit of a slight pause or just a little bit of a rest period, because it's not an adrenaline rush all the way yeah, through, no, no, no. it doesn't need to be. Yeah. But the pacing is quite strong on this. Like, it's so yeah. well-paced because it does. It packs a lot in, but it never feels overcrowded or that it's trying to tell us too much. Yeah. Speaking of characters who find their redemption and <laughs> find their <laughs> yeah. way around, we have Roy. Yeah. Psycho killer. <laughs> Played by the beautiful J.K. Simmons. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Roy is someone who early on got sucked into the portal by Niles. Yeah. And he has not forgiven Niles <laughs> whatsoever. I love the first time that we see Roy. We have no idea who he is. Mm. This arrow just comes out of it's so well done and then again you're just learning bits and pieces as you go along and this is what I like Roy knows he can't kill Niles yeah but he wants to make him suffer yeah because Niles makes this point on a few occasions Mm. the pain is real real. so yes you're immortal because you'll just wake up the next day does not matter but getting hit by a truck still feels like getting hit by a truck right yeah, and, and, and there's this. and there's different ways of dying. You can either yeah. die instantly and painlessly, yeah, or you can die slowly and painfully, yeah, and miserably. And Roy knows which way he wants Niles to die. Oh, yeah. Again and again and again. Yeah, that's yeah. It. yeah, Roy's a great character. Isn't Roy he? is brilliant. But again, we even see him with his arc where yeah, you know, it takes Sarah smashing him with a car mm. and then him spending time in pain and agony yes. in the A&E yeah. where he can't go to sleep because they put him on pills to keep him awake, adrenaline, yeah. and he's in agony for him to go, ah, oh, so that's what I've been doing to you. Yeah. You know, and... And he doesn't want that anymore. He doesn't want that anymore. And he's content. He's found his... 
his, his little day where yeah. he's like, I can do what I want and just have my family. Yeah. And... I mean, he's, you know, lamenting over the fact, for example, you know, that he won't see his girls grow up for it. Mm. You know, and, and that is totally understandable. Yeah. But it seems like after he experiences pain, he's still finding a way to embrace the life yeah, that he has because he has his family yeah. in this nice sort of pure moment. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I mean, who knows? He could have had days where he's taken all his family to Disney World. Yeah, or, absolutely for the day. Know, yeah, just gone off and done other things. Yeah. You know? It's about finding that center, about finding that calm and dealing with the moment that is. Mm. And again, I love that this magic portal thing Whilst never truly explained, it doesn't need to be, obviously. No, yeah. But it's not your Groundhog Day moralistic, no. you've got to do the right thing. It's yeah. Because they, Sarah tries that. Because Sarah tries that, yeah. exactly. And doesn't work. Yeah, and I think that's exactly why they did that as one of the first things. Because it's what, to, you, you, what you think, what yeah. everyone else thinks. I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's also, it really points heavily to... It is what you make it. Mm-hmm. Because they could have done that at any point. Yeah. And whatever they'd left behind would have been what they had to move forward with. Yeah. But she makes the point of trying to be polite and uh, courteous and all this lovely stuff. Yeah. So that when she moves forward, you know, giving the beautiful speech. Yeah. So that when she moves forward, at least some things, you know, you don't have to deal with fallout from that. Yeah. And she feels like she's being punished. She's mm. feeling like she's experiencing the ramifications for her sins. Yeah. It's her way of repenting. And one thing that I like is that it does not mean anything. It takes yeah. a scientific approach. Yeah. Very interesting. Because you're right, we don't have an explanation for this portal. Mm. All we know is that there's a little earthquake and it opens up this cave. Mm-hmm. And there we go. And that's all we have. Is it that... And dinosaurs. And dinosaurs. So, what, what was with that, Phil? So, I've legitimately looked it up. Mm-hmm. And basically what it is, is it's one of these annoying... Those annoying writers. Yeah. <laughs> where basically what it is, they wanted the whole, well, what happened to them after to be ambiguous. Yeah. So, you're not 100% sure... Whether in the original script, mm. it was fairly clear that they'd gotten through and gotten out. Yeah. And the cast, apparent, and the writers, directors decided, no, we don't like it being so saccharine. We don't yeah. like it being so, especially after having this whole nihilistic talk. Yeah. You're not 100% sure whether they got to the next day. Yeah. So when they see the dinosaurs in the first time, mm. they might just be, it's one of three things. Yeah. They might, they're high on shrooms, so it might just be <laughs> the, the shrooms talking. Yep. And very specifically, might just be that. Yeah. There is a hint at, apparently there's the dinosaurs, like the Brachiosaurus, mm-hmm. um, like a dinosaur park or something in the area. Okay. And, and like in the actual yep. area, because it's in like California or whatever. Yeah. So in the actual Palm Springs area, mm. there is this tourist attraction. Right. That they also might be hinting towards, but that's a very dubious. Because <laughs> yeah. again, you don't see them pass the no, dinosaur at park all. thing. Yeah. So. But the third option, 
and this is probably what I think it, they're really going for, is almost like an Inception-esque. Okay. Like at the end of Inception where the, the dice are still spinning. Yeah. And, oh, does that mean that he's not out of the... Yeah. So this is a case of, well, those dinosaurs are there. So did they walk through the portal and they're part of the time and space being broken? Or... Are they actually not out of it yet? Yeah, well... And they just think they are because... Yeah, because there is that end scene where the family come back yeah. and catch them in the pool. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it must be the 10th. It must be the 10th. But you don't know whether they're just in hell uh, or <laughs> in, in, in heaven or hell and yeah. they're just living out. You don't know whether they've moved on to the next day. You don't know whether it's now a alternate reality mm. where... <laughs> Yeah, or, or have they started a time loop for the 10th and don't realise exactly. it? Exactly, we be, don't see that. No, I'll be honest, dinosaurs aside, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did take it quite factual yeah. that they and, had escaped. I felt and, like that was the reward. Yeah, that's I it. I feel like more than anything, Sarah especially needed yeah, that reward. Because she's the one who put that effort in. That's yeah. it. And look, it's one of these things where, when I, again, I was looking up interviews and mm. stuff and all the actors say, yeah, we want it to be ambiguous. We want the audience to make up their own mind, which yeah. is great in art. I also sometimes find it frustrating in art because I'm like, look, humans it, love clean, clean look, endings. Look, Human loves endings. And for me, I've gone, they're out. Yeah, no, <laughs> they're exactly out. That's for as me. As far as I'm concerned, they're out. And they were dinosaurs, high. They saw dinosaurs. They're happy. They're fine. You see, for me, it's just more uh, breaking time and space. <laughs> yeah. I, if anything, I would like to see the dinosaurs more. But I'm sure you would. <laughs> So, Wayne. Yes. Final thoughts and a score out of five. Well, I have to say that I was intrigued by Palm Springs when it first appeared on my radar. Again, that (laughs) Groundhog Day element. So, I was always going to be a film, I think, that I was going to get to watch. I am so happy that you brought (laughs) it to me, Phil, and just pushed it to the top of my to-do list. (laughs) Because this movie goes beyond the tropes of time loops. It Mm. goes beyond the tropes of rom-coms it's incredibly clever it's incredibly entertaining Mm. as well andy samberg and Kristen Milioti are an outstanding couple Mm. in this i love everything about them they are so well cast and well suited to their roles i would not change a single thing Mm. and if anybody says otherwise (laughs) you have me to answer too they are that they're just they're perfect just the personalities and Mm -hmm. depth they bring to their characters is fantastic like i love this the whole cast hands in really good work not all of the characters are fleshed out as Mm. much as these two if anything i say with the exception of roy no one's that's fleshed out. Yeah. But you know what? We're watching Sarah and Niles' story. That's it. We're seeing them go through this. We're seeing them trying to work it out, going through the complexities, having fun and then getting bored of it. I love the montages of them repeating their days and doing things different. I love the fact that they decide to practice a dance for all of these days and then go to the pub and yeah. just sort of put it on. Give it a fuck you dance. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just seemed quite sporadic, but really it was incredibly well rehearsed. Across the board, solid performances. I think the film is quite well paced. It's totally directed. It packs a lot into 90 minutes. It's quite engaging. And I feel like it's one of those films that you'll get more out of the more times you see it. 
and I feel like I will definitely be revisiting Palm Springs at least one more time. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a really, really good film, and I, I highly recommend it too. It's a very high four stars from me. Nice. How about yourself, Philip? Yeah, look, without repeating everything, yeah. just, <laughs> without uh, time-looping what you just said, mm. yeah, definitely. I think for me... I'd definitely not cast anyone else. I've loved watching Andy Samberg mm. grow into the comedian that he is now. Uh, Kirsten and I absolutely love uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen that or not, Wayne. but Bits. Bits of. Mm-hmm. I'd definitely suggest getting into it if you enjoyed yeah. his uh, performance here. It's basically a very similar performance, just in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, he's a bit more of a clown. Yeah. So um, <laughs> a bit more lovable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely with the uh, rest of the cast. I, I see what you say, but not as fleshed out. But even then, I think you see just enough of everyone's bits and pieces to yeah. really get this fulfilled story and this fulfilled family dynamics and stuff, which, as you say, sort of pings off Sarah's and uh, uh, Niles's um, (laughs) uh, story story arcs because you have for example the girlfriend uh, Niles's girlfriend who Mm. is cheating on him and he'll sit there and she anytime Sarah walks in she's like are you cheating on me and he's like no babe you're cheating on me (laughs) yeah what and that escalated as the days went on yeah exactly it is true though like Meredith Hagner is really good um, as Misty and yeah it's true look not as fleshed out as, as our two leads, but of course, you know, there are two leads for a reason. Yeah, yeah. But I do agree with you, actually, Phil, that you do get enough. Mm. Like, you get enough of Misty to understand. Yeah. You get enough of Abraham to understand. You yeah. get enough of Tala to understand mm. why, you know, the betrayal is so big. Yeah. Because her and Sarah are, I feel like, at least were close when they were a lot younger anyway. Yeah. yeah. You get little bits like Jacqueline Obrador's as... Pia Wildler is actually Sarah's stepmother, which you hear in the movie, mm. but is Talia's mother, right. meaning that Sarah and Talia are actually half siblings. Yeah, either yeah. stepsisters or half sisters. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Which I didn't actually get that at the no. movie. But the point is, you don't need that detail. No. And yet they added in just to heighten it that little bit more mm. you know why maybe half the family thinks that Sarah's a failure yeah it helps to add the evil stepmother yeah. um, <laughs> who really is an evil who isn't really yeah. no so just these little details and mm. quirks and stuff is really really nice these characters see. have backstories that's it and we get it. hints of them don't that's we that's it yeah. exactly all in all I absolutely love this I think this is a time travel movie done right I mm-hmm. think there's a rom-com done right for me, four and a half stars. Nice one, mate. Nice one. So, Wayne, what do we have in store next time? Well, Phil, next time we are going to stick with the rom-com genre, but we're going to watch an Australian movie directed by the wonderful Nadia Tass, Ooh. and it's called The Big Steel. Ooh. Mm. Sounds fun. Hopefully. I've never heard of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, that sounds really, really fun. Okay. Well, I can't wait to... Presented. It's been a while since I've seen it, so we'll see if I enjoy it as much uh, this time around. Wonderful. So until then, I've been a Wayne Stellini. And I've been a Philip Hunting. And, and you've, you've just, just experienced, experienced Fred Watch. Watch. Cue music. Dun, 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 dun.
Okay, enough feel enough. Enough. I'm now in the time loop. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> so good. Good <G'day. laughs>
Camilla Mendes and Tyler Hecklin. Hecklin, yep. I got it, I got it. Niles eats, drinks, and chills in the pool when all of a sudden everything changes, discovering that Sarah has followed him through the It should be had, shouldn't it? Mm-hmm. My bad. Sorry. That's no, right. Comparative to early um, uh, Adam, uh, Adam Sandler is what I was trying to say. There. Yeah. yeah. And um, Happy Madison is no. Yeah. Yeah, Happy. Yeah, it is, more yeah. Billy Madison. Yeah. So Happy Madison's company. Yeah. yeah. Sort of comparable to your sort of uh, Adam Sandberg with uh, Happy Madison uh, Productions and. You said Adam Sandberg. Comparable to uh, Andy... Uh, Adam, Sa- <laughs> Were Adam, just, Adam, Adam Sandler. Were you about Sandler. to say Andy Sandler? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Adam Sandler. Sandler, yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. I know I'm going to mess it up again. <laughs> down right as we speak <laughs> sorry god andy adam, adam sandler. sandler adam sandler adam sandler, adam yep. sandler. <clears throat> and is comparable his works are sort of comparable to early adam sandler So the difference is that Adam Sand... Now I've done it. Mm-hmm. A bit of a slight pause or just a little bit of a rest period because it's not a... Um, something else. Some, well, so Roy is someone who early on got sucked into the portal mm. by... Uh, Niall? Yep, Niles. Andy Sandberg, Kristen Mill. Really get this fulfilled story and this fulfilled family dynamics and stuff, which, as you say, sort of pings off everyone. Uh, the uh. Yeah. You get little bits like... Um, sorry, I'm trying to find the name quickly. You get little bits like a. Ah. See, I didn't get that. You know what I didn't get? I didn't get that um, Abraham and Roy were related. That totally missed. I totally missed that. Abraham and. Roy. Roy are related. They've got the same surname. 
Oh, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, no. Like, also, Roy's there for a, that sort of, from his side, but yeah. I realised that um, the mother, so the bit that I'm sort of eyeing over is um, the mother, uh, Pia Wilder, mm-hmm. is Sarah's stepmother, but Tala's mother. Oh, so Sarah and, and Tala are half-sisters. Yeah. Right. There you go. So yeah, but the, like th- even the things like that that didn't need to be. I don't know whether you want to keep that. Alert. No, because we just sort of went yeah. all right. Yeah. For example, um, Jacqueline Obrador. Obrador. Obradors. For me, four and a half stars. Nice one, mate. Nice one. Wayne. Yes, mate. What do we have in store? For next time. Well, mate, next time... Well, I've called you mate three times within the space of a minute. <laughs> yes, sorry. mate. 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 Also, I'll do that <coughs> a bit more seriously. Okay. So, Wayne, what do we have in store next time? That was not better That was you going was, seriously? No, no, no. <laughs> what the fuck? So I'm going to go into robot mode. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else we can help you with today? <clears throat> oh, you know what threw it? What? I said so Wayne and I was expecting you to say something. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was like, I can't because last <laughs> yeah. time I said mate and that's my issue. 